Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Boys and girls, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, and our steam producer David Graff coming for it to you with another episode of FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. Episode seven as we head into week ten of the uh college football schedule. It's remarkable that we're already this deep into everything. Uh, we will take a look at what happened in the top 10 around the FCS. We will get into the Big Sky Conference, some picks against the spread. We will get into other national big-time top 25-type FCS matchups. And we will be joined today by Randy Reinhardt, covers Illinois State. This is the game of the week at the FCS level, number 11. Illinois State is, at, uh, is hosting South Dakota State. Uh, this weekend so we will get into uh, all of that this week a little I wouldn't call it an abbreviated version of the FCS speculators podcast this week but we're going to uh, we're going to roll through these with a little bit of alacrity today so here we go let's take a look at the top 20 or the top 10 uh, in the FCS this week and uh, who's still in who dropped out over the course of the weekend North Dakota State they beat down Youngstown State got that one right Youngstown State lost 56-17 in this football game. North Dakota State covering the spread. They are uh, hosting Western Illinois, and they are a hello 43.5-point favorite this week. The North Dakota State Bison, remarkable. James Madison, they won. They were on a bye. They covered the spread. They play this week against New Hampshire. They're the number two team in the nation, that being James Madison. New Hampshire is not. New Hampshire is a 17.5-point underdog uh, against James Madison. Weber State. Coming off the game of the weekend, beating Sacramento State last week, 36-17. Kevin Thompson injured in that game. Uh, his status still unknown going forward for Sacramento State, but Weber State a 36-17 win. They cement their spot in the top five. They are number three uh, overall. They are a 16.5-point favorite versus North Dakota this week. South Dakota State, they had a 35-14 win at Missouri State. They did not cover the 24 points. That game went under, but they still won handily, uh, obviously, by 21 points over Missouri State. They get Illinois State, as we mentioned earlier. Northern Iowa, number five team in the nation. They beat Illinois State, and they were a one-point favorite. They won by 17, 27-10 that football game. Uh, they uh, have Indiana State this week, who they are a 21-point favorite over. Montana handled Portland State 38-23. They were an 11.5-point favorite. They did cover that number. They are now a surprising to me. We'll talk more about this 17-point home favorite over the Idaho Vandals in this uh, rivalry game. Central Arkansas. 45-17 winner at Lamar. They covered the seven-point favorite. They're a three-point favorite now against Southeast Louisiana. Sacramento State drops from number six to number eight. They, uh, again, lost to Weber State 36-17. They are at Northern Arizona, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in that football game. Furman is the number nine team in the nation. They beat Tennessee Chattanooga 35-20. They covered the six-point spread there. They are a 23-point favorite versus VMI. And rounding out the top ten, Coulter's favorite, Ivy League Princeton is uh, the 
29-6 winner over Missouri State last weekend. They played Dartmouth. I know it. I know. I know. I know. I'm just playing people. Dartmouth. Uh, they are a 13. Uh, they are number 13 in the nation. Princeton, a three and a half point underdog on the road at what is it? Big Green, Mean Green, something like that. I don't know what Dartmouth is. I will have to find that out. Uh, so there you go. There is the top 10 uh, teams that fell out of the top 10. The very, very uh, what, what, what were we, we Colter skeptical of Kennesaw State? They dropped from five to 15 uh, after they lost versus Monmouth. Everybody's got a mouth out there and uh, Mon and Dart have two of them. Monmouth beating uh, Kennesaw State 30, uh, 45 to 21 in that football game. Also, Illinois State just outside the top 10, dropping from 7 to 11 after their loss to Northern Iowa. So there you go. Other Big Sky teams in the top 25, Montana State, uh, they were 15. They move up to 12 after their 42-7 to route of Southern Utah and North Dakota. Still in there at number 22. UC Davis is receiving votes, but they are still not in the top 25. So there you go. A look around uh, the uh, – landscape at the top 10 of the fcs from last week and a quick look ahead to what's going on this weekend coulter was there anything in the top 10 there that maybe stood out to you uh, as uh, as you took a look at results either either who won or the margins by which some of these teams won well i thought monmouth destroying kennesaw state was affirming because i've been talking about how i thought they were overrated and not deserving of a top 10 ranking yes you have for no other reason than i just thought they had a weak strength of schedule i also thought i also thought monmouth was really good when we watched them live in missoula I thought uh, Keji Bahar was a really good quarterback. Picarero, he was added to the Walter Payton watch list today, which we'll get into a little bit later on because uh, Kevin Thompson from Sac State also added and Dalton Sneed not added. Couldn't believe that. I know Dalton Sneed's missed a couple games, but even his numbers without two games, I thought he deserved to be added. But anyways, Picarero from Monmouth, their running back, he was also added. So they got a lot of talent at Monmouth, and they're undefeated in the Big South, and I think they're a program on the rise that has some really good veteran players. So... Uh, them just just taking apart Kennesaw State, I actually wasn't surprised by that, but I thought it was affirming just because I have been talking for weeks about Kennesaw being a little bit overrated. And I also think that Northern Iowa's played probably one of the five toughest schedules in the country. And so them jumping to number five is accurate because they had a huge win over Illinois State. That was definitely a slugfest of a game. And Northern Iowa proved to be able to go toe-to-toe with one of the best defenses in the country and even have an even better defensive performance. So I thought those were a couple that stood out. I also think it's it's good for the the FCS in general to have the best team in the Southland, Central Arkansas, be a top-seven team, be in mm. line for a seed. For the seeds to balance out and to make sure that teams from what I'm getting at is the Southland should be a quote-unquote power conference in the FCS. Those schools have more resources, more recruiting reach, and more tradition, and quite frankly can just get better players than schools like that reside in the Patriot League and the you know Northeastern Colonial, Conference yeah. and, and some of those. The Southland's not going to be on par with the Colonial Athletic Association, the Missouri Valley, or the Big Sky, but they, the, the FCS kind of needs it to be the fourth. Yeah. And so to have the best team in Central Arkansas be in the top ten and be in line for a seed, I think that's a good thing because I think if you have Southland champions hosting first-round games or going on the road to play, it just it dilutes the product and maybe it also leaves the door open for teams that finish in the middle of the power leagues to have elevated reputation. So uh, all in all, I think the, the top ten was pretty darn good. I had a hard time figuring out a tenth team. Not surprised Princeton's there because of a lot of the East Coast bias that exists. I'll never vote an Ivy League team in the top 25. They don't play anybody. They don't play uh, in the playoffs. I had a hard time figuring out who was going to be 10th, though, because I didn't think Montana State deserved to move up to number 10 from 14 uh, after dismantling a, quite frankly, awful Southern Utah team. And everybody else, you know, whether it was Villanova or Illinois State or uh, Kennesaw State are on down the line. So many of the other schools lost. So it was kind of hard, but that's kind of the way of the world in the FCS, not only this yeah. year, but all the time. Well, the one thing that jumped off to me a little bit was just the final score of that North Dakota State game. I mean, they crushed Youngstown State. They were an 18-point favorite. They win by 39, more than double the spread. And on one hand, you go, well, yeah, it's North Dakota State. Nothing surprising, and that's true. But Youngstown State had uh, jumped up and played North Dakota State really, really well, especially in the tenure of, of Bo Pelini since he's been the head coach there. And, uh, and they got absolutely wiped, which – Again, on one hand, it's never really going to be surprising when it's North Dakota State, but I think a lot of people thought that that game could actually be a little closer than than uh, you would have expected, and it was not. Uh, let's bring in David Graff, our producer, and take a look at how we did last week. It can only go up, Coulter, because 
God, did we do awful two weeks ago. So uh, let's see what uh, how we pulled uh, the irons out of the fire. I know a couple that I did not win, uh, but let's talk about uh, if there's any of, of them, that, how we did do. So go ahead, uh, David. The floor is yours. Let's run through the week that was last week in our picks against the spread. It was not pretty, but it wasn't ugly. First game, you guys were all over Idaho State minus 16. I don't know if... Idaho State forgot how to play football or what the deal is there, whatever's going on there. But it's ugly, and that game was ugly. And Northern Colorado won outright 26-20. And Ryan's lock of the week was over 60, and it was brutal. At one point, Northern Colorado scored a two-point conversion on a fumbled shotgun snap to the QB, and the running back just picked it up and ran it in. That's how bad Idaho State is. So next we got... Good enough to keep the number at an under. Very disappointing. Next we got Idaho, who was minus 9 against Cal Poly. Idaho covered 21-9 to was the final. Coulter was on the minus 9. Ryan took the points with Cal Poly. So Ryan with another loss. Coulter with a win there. Next, we got Northern Arizona at Eastern Washington. I think they're still scoring points in this game, even though, <laughs> even though the game is over. They hit the over with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah. And the over was 82 points. They blew the over out by, what, three touchdowns and then some? Yeah, so both you guys were on Northern Arizona plus 13. Eastern Washington scored 66. Northern Arizona scored 38. Then we have... Weber State, Sac State, Kevin Thompson did go down, so that's tough. But both you guys were on minus seven for Sac State. Weber State easily won that game. They were winning when Kevin Thompson got hurt. Well, they were winning by a score. It was first, second quarter, I think, that he got injured, though. So that is a that changes the complexion dramatically, no doubt. They were winning nonetheless. They were, And they were certainly covering as seven-point underdogs. Next, we got Montana State. Uh, you guys had minus 13. It was 42-7. to seven. That game was never really in doubt. Southern Utah is so bad that their Twitter account was pumping up their lone score of the game. Like, like people weren't going to notice at the bottom of the screen that it was 42 to nothing. <laughs> next we got, next we got Montana at Portland State. Montana closed as an 11.5-point favorite. You guys were at minus 8.5. You both said minus 8.5. No doubt. And there was a little bit of doubt going into halftime, but then Montana does what it does best and dominates the second half, apparently. They were losing 17-14, and they won 38-23. So covered the both 8.5 and, and 11.5 fairly handily. They also seem to always go over, and the total was 60, and they just just barely eclipsed that. So in the big sky, Coulter went 3-3, three and three, Ryan went 2-4. and four. FCS games of the week, we had number 12, Princeton at Cornell. Princeton was a 21-point favorite. They were up 14 to nothing at halftime. So you're thinking, oh, just got to replicate that. That's an easy win. Nope. Cold, uh, Cornell Cornell covers. The final score was 21-7. Both Ryan and Coulter were on the minus 21. Next we have North Dakota State. As Ryan mentioned, they went out there and molly-whopped Youngstown State 56-17. Both Ryan and Coulter were on the 18. Next was Northern Iowa over Illinois State. Northern Iowa. Won that game pretty handily. They won 27-10. They scored, they scored 13 points in the fourth quarter to really uh, ice the game. Then in the game that nobody else was talking about, but we talked about it, Wingate at Lenore Ryan. Lenore Ryan held on to their perfect Lenoir. Lenoir. Lenoir Ryan. Excuse Be classy, me. David. Excuse me. They held on to their perfect record. Their perfect record, but they did not cover the 13.5 points. Devastating. Just brutal, but Ryan and Coulter were both on Wingate in honor of the Wingate by Wyndham. Wingate scored in the fourth quarter to cover. That was the only 
those were the only points in the second half. It was 20 to 6. I saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. Then in the FBS games, so that puts at the FCS, that puts at the FCS. Coulter went 6 and 4 against the number. Ryan went 5 and 5. Ooh, Ooh. boy. Look at that. Third straight win. Then both guys went 2 and 1 against the number in the FBS games. Ryan was on Memphis minus 5.5. They played a barn burner and won 54 to 48. Then Coulter was on Georgia, uh, and Ryan was on Florida. Yeah. Uh, Georgia won 24-17 that game. That game was terrible to watch. Then lastly, both guys were on Utah, minus three and a half. Utah won 33-28. The score makes it seem closer than it really was. And Utah now the number nine team in the nation, or eight, eight team, I think, in, and, and Oregon seven. They're either seven and eight or eight and nine, whichever it is. But uh, there you go. Two Pac-12 teams in the top uh, ten, and they're not the worst. This week in the Big Sky Conference, here are the games, the spreads, the totals, all odds courtesy of five dimes. Coulter, Sacramento State. Trying to bounce back from their loss to Weber State. They go to Northern Arizona, their first loss of the Big Sky Conference schedule. They're a 13.5-point favorite on the road in Flagstaff. Um, This number looks to me like they are expecting Sacramento State to not have Kevin Thompson. Um, But if if Kevin Thompson is available... Really? You think they'd be even more favored than a two-touchdown favorite in Flag? Yes. With Kevin Thompson? Yes. Have they been favored by more than two touchdowns in any game they've played this year? They were against Cal Poly. If Kevin Who's way worse than Northern Arizona. But not defensively. If Kevin mm. Thompson is playing quarterback for Sacramento State, they will score a touchdown on every single possession that they have. That's it. <laughs> touchdown on every one. So I don't really know. I, I hate this game because the Kevin Thompson factor is complete. It is a game where if Kevin Thompson is playing, then you lay the points and you take Sacramento State. And if he's not, uh, you you might roll with Northern Arizona, who can score points, obviously, as well themselves. And it is a home game uh, for Northern Arizona in the uh, walk-up dome there. And so walk-up sky dome, 7,000 feet in flag. So I, I, I don't know what to do with this game. Um Sacramento State was on such a roll, and I think that, as David pointed out, um, not too subtly there, uh, they were already losing, even when Kevin Thompson was in the game. Up down 23-10. But, you know, it's a long game, man. Those sorts of things happen. I do think that they, I don't know, it's a new coach. It's a new coaching staff. They have a really good team, but also at some point do people start to figure you out. Now, the Weber State defense is its an entirely different sport from whatever it is they're playing in Northern Arizona. I mean, it just doesn't even exist at Northern Arizona, the defense. But what I am saying is sometimes a team has this feeling of invincibility because they're just rolling through everybody and they got this great confidence going. And then all of a sudden when that is shown to be, you know, like, okay, we, we lost. In fact, we got pounded by another really good team what where we really at i think that can start to set in a little bit so i'll be interested to see how sacramento state bounces back from this game i will caveat this to the hilt and say i would never ever touch this game in terms of the number uh because i i think this this is this is way too bizarre a game um if kevin thompson's there i'll take sacramento state if he's not there i'll probably still just roll with sacramento state i think they are really good and northern northern arizona just can't stop anyone. So those two factors, to me, say take Sac State and lay the 13 and a half. This is like my anti-lock of the week. I've yeah, never exactly. bet this game. Ever, ever. Especially because there's no information out there about whether Kevin Thompson is in or not. I don't really know what the status is. But I just think that here's the deal. Sac State's good on defense. They're actually really good on defense. They're really good at stopping the run. But I think that an injury like this, if Kevin Thompson is out, it could be – all the good things that Sac State's done could be over. Can they ruin your they season. straight up could lose to Northern Arizona, yes, to Idaho, and to UC Davis, and they could not make the playoffs, and it would just all be a wash. It would be a story that will just fade into oblivion. We'll never even really remember yeah, I, I don't the think, run they I don't went think on. that's going to happen because I think this team is really good. They're more than just one guy, but he is their the, best player. The, he's their best player, and they had this same team last year without him, and they went 0-7. In the league, they had they had a different coach. They had a whole different situation. I'm not comparing any of it. 
I don't know, man. I I I don't I don't know who I think is going to win this game, but I do think Northern Arizona is going to cover. I think that uh, Sac State stuffs the run and then uses their long third downs to rush the passer, and he's just going to take shots. Case Cook is leading the country in passing yards per game. I think it's just going to be bombs, 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 okay. bombs. I got NAU to cover. And I'm going to take the over. NAU Television, CW Sacramento, Pluto Television, Channel 539. The total is 76.5. You're on the over. I'm never going to bet an under ever again that Northern Arizona is playing in. I'll take the over with you. UC Davis, minus 3.5 on the road at Portland State. May my have the mighty have fallen, huh? UC Davis, only a three and a half. Uh, I mean, Portland State's pretty good. You know, that's okay. Uh, but but uh, UC Davis was expect. what were they, top five in the country to start the season, and now they're not even in the top 25. Three and a half point favorite on the road at Portland State. It's a weird game to me, man. I don't know. What do you think about this football game, Cole? Greg Haley and Stats started putting out uh, basically strength of schedule plus quality wins cumulative rankings this week as sort of a help for the – the FCS top 10 is going to come out later on this week and uh, to help top 25 voters. Davis has played the third hardest schedule and they have the chance to have the some of, if not the best quality wins, depending on what they do the rest of the year. I think that Davis is still pretty good. I, I would love to see what some of the other contenders in the big sky would have done if they would have played Davis's schedule. I don't think their record would be that dissimilar if they would have played North Dakota state and at North Dakota and Montana I still think that Davis is in the mix for a playoff berth, and I think they're obviously going to have to win out to get there, but I do think a 7-5 and five Davis squad, considering they've played four top 10 teams and an FBS, has as good of a resume as any five-loss team you're going to find. That said, they already have five losses, but I think Davis is going to win this game. I think they'll be able to pick apart Portland State's defense. Yeah, I mean, Portland State put on tape um, how to attack them last week and the four-touchdown day that Cam Humphrey had for Montana. So I, I am going to roll with UC Davis on this one as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 63 here. I don't know. I wouldn't touch the I wouldn't touch the total in this one myself. Uh, Portland State, though, I do like. I think they're really good. I thought, I thought Davis Alexander played – let me say this. I think he played the toughest individual game that I've seen an individual play this season last week against Montana. He got – piss-pounded by the Montana defense over and over and over again and pulled himself up off the carpet. I have a ton of respect for him. And I think Portland State's pretty good. I don't think they're as good as UC Davis. I don't know. Give me the over. It's the big sky game. 63 points. Give I don't know over. why you'd ever bet the under unless it's Idaho and Weber State. Well, or, you know, why would you ever do it if it was, you know, Idaho State and, and, and Northern Colorado, you know? But then there it is, the under. Um, okay, Eastern Washington – is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They're trying to get up off the mat with their season. They are on the road at Idaho State. We've seen what Idaho State ain't right now. And Eastern Washington, six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Pocatello. I am all over the Eagles in this one. I mean, Idaho State's the worst team in the league right now. They just lost to the two worst teams in the league. And I mean, you give up, after watching Southern Utah, I don't even know how it's possible to give up 59 points to that team. I, they have... Southern Utah was the least talented team I've seen mm-hmm. in, in my 13 years covering the Big Sky. Granted, all the guys who are headliners on their roster are hurt, so that makes a little bit of sense, but I just I couldn't fathom anyone giving up 59 points to that squad. I can't believe that Idaho State did. Idaho State's had some skewed lines all year long, both when we thought they were good and now that we know that they're bad. I think Eastern's going to destroy Idaho State. I, I got Eastern all day. I got the over all day. Okay. North Dakota, two top 25 teams playing <coughs> this one. The North Dakota Fighting Hawks on the road at Weber State. Again, Weber State undefeated in Big Sky Conference play. They just came off a huge win over uh, uh, the sixth-ranked team in the nation, Sacramento State. They are 16.5-point home favorite, but North Dakota has proven themselves to be a uh, you know a solid football team. They've been really good at home. This game is on the road, though, for the Fighting Hawks. 16.5, a fairly big number. I'm still rolling with Weber State. I think Weber State is getting better as the season goes on. I think they are are, uh, clicking a little bit more uh, than they were early when they were kind of playing some teams maybe a little closer than you thought, even though they were in wins. Uh, I'm going to take Weber State to cover this game at home uh, and, uh, and win by 17. 
The win of the year so far in the Big Sky was last week when Weber State thrashed Sac. Kevin Thompson, injury or not, so impressed with the diversity of Weber State's defense. They mixed coverages. They brought pressure. They were physical. They were as advertised. And Weber State's offense, like we said, it's it's not it's not the cliche that we think. They score a ton of points. And now that Josh Davis is rolling, Jake Constantine's solid, Weber State looks like a juggernaut right now. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the national playoffs. But I think at home against UND, uh, I'm taking Weber State to cover. What do you think of the over-under, though? 51.5 points is the total on this thing. Um, I'm taking the over on this, Coulter. Uh, the the Weber State, as you said, the idea that they just play defense and win low-scoring football games is is a fallacy. They've been scoring a ton of points, even against a great Sacramento State team. They can run the ball pretty much at will, and uh, I think they're going to I think they're going to go ahead and score a little bit. Look, I think they're going to win by 17. You're you know. You're you're close right there at twenty eight to seven. I mean, so uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm taking the over fifty one and a half points. I think Weber State scores some points. Maybe gets a special team score. North Dakota's got away from their identity a little bit. They're running so much more RPO stuff with Nate Carringham as their senior quarterback. Jay Hill seems to be the defensive coordinator, defensive play caller in the league that's the least vulnerable to that style. I think that Weber State will have them crossed up and. Because of that, I mean, I think that Weber will score right around their average, which is about 35-36 a game against Big Sky opponents, and I think they'll be able to basically negate North North Dakota's offense. Two Montana schools playing football this weekend. The Montana State Bobcats coming off the 42-7 dismantling of Southern Utah. They are at Northern Colorado. They are an 11.5-point favorite in this football game. Uh, Northern Colorado – Coming up, interesting that both the worst teams in the league are coming off their first and only conference win, although Northern Colorado did have the win against Idaho earlier, so they've actually got now two wins on the season against Idaho, but the two Idaho schools swept the state of Idaho to Northern Colorado. Not that said, we don't think Northern Colorado is very good. Montana State, at their best, is is outstanding, maybe even elite. At their worst, is just a confused mess offensively. They're an 11.5-point favorite on the road. It's a really tough one because Montana State has not fared well in Greeley. And I don't mean they lose in Greeley, but yeah. they haven't had an easy time in Greeley their last four trips. I mean, it's I, a weird place to play. It's a weird place to play. I mean, I remember when Northern Colorado hadn't won a league game in a couple of years, and Montana State was a, going for a third straight conference title, and they had Daenerys McGee and Cody Kirk. And I mean, they basically had to put the whole thing on Cody Kirk's back and let him win the game for him, and they won by a single score. I mean, the last time they were down there two years ago, Took a Gabe Pepiger field goal at the buzzer for them to win. But then the last time Northern Colorado was up in Montana last season, Montana State smothered them. It was 35-7, and it wasn't even that close. Northern Colorado's got talent in the secondary, and I think they have a chance to cross Tuckerovic up a little bit. I don't expect Montana State to ever be able to do what they did last week again. Yeah. Where they're just running trick plays and scoring at will, and they're up twenty-one nothing when the game when the other team has run seven plays. I mean, that's just an anomaly. I just don't think that's going to happen again. And I also think that's a double-edged sword. Montana State bounced back exactly how they should have last week, but does it actually cure anything? Because I don't know if you actually got into any sort of conventional rhythm as an offense. You were just running a lot of smoke and mirrors stuff, and maybe that creativity carries over. Maybe it does. I'm not sure. Maybe they're just a smoke and mirrors team offensively, and I don't mean that negatively. No, totally. What I mean is maybe just what they need to do and have to do is and, just and, and trick plays in, all day. In that case, if that's what they want to redefine themselves as, I think that's fine. Yeah. They've been running outside-the-box stuff forever on offense since Jeff Choate took over. This one just really scares me because I just don't, I don't think Northern Colorado is any good, and I think Montana State's defense is actually playing at an incredibly high level, but I just don't know – if the Cats can have a decisive win in, in Greeley, because Montana State's defense is playing so well, even with their October struggles, it's November. The Cats are 8-3 and three in November under Jeff Choate. I got Montana State to cover, but I'm going to take the under. I got Montana State to cover as well. I'm going to take the over uh, on this thing. I think they're going to score, you know, 30-plus points in this football game, Montana State. And uh, and win this thing. I don't know if going away is the right word. It's not going to be forty-two nothing at halftime, but I think they'll win it handily. And I 
again, I just don't think we'll know anything about Montana State till they go play UC Davis at best. So, um, but I think they'll take care of business on the road in Northern Colorado. And I think they have to. You know, again, I think they're in a position where they have to. When Montana State plays with confidence and a certain reckless abandon, which comes when you play teams that you know you're better than, they play really well. And they are better than Northern Colorado. This is a game that they need, and I think it's a game that they're just going to go out and take by force. So I'll, I'll, I'll take Montana State. That said, I feel much better about this game if it was in Bozeman. I mean, it's weird to go to Greeley, and and we've seen Northern Colorado jump up and – and play pretty well because they do have some – I mean, Jacob Nip's a, a, a good quarterback, really good quarterback, and they have some players, uh, but, you know, they just can't hang across the board with with uh, the better teams in the big sky. It's going to come down to line play, too. Northern Colorado starting a bunch of young guys up front on offense, and that's not a good formula against Montana State, as we saw last year. I think the Cats had 17 tackles for loss last week. I mean, that's an absurd number in a single game. Uh, this game on SWX Montana Television, Pluto TV, Channel 541, and it is the 11 sports game of the week. Final matchup in the Big Sky Conference in Missoula, the Idaho Vandals playing the Montana Grizzlies for the in the battle of the Little Brown Stein. The rivalry renewed once again. And Coulter, the Grizzlies are a 17-point favorite in this football game. When I heard that, when I found out that the number on this thing was 17, I was, I was, I don't know if I was shocked. I was very surprised. Really surprised. Idaho. I, I understand the whole home and away thing. They're four and one at home and they're one losses to Weber State in like a six or eight point ball game. And they're they haven't won a game on the road. So this is two different teams when they're on, on the road and at home. That said, they've won their last two games and they have played better throughout the course of the season and even more consistently in big sky play than I had anticipated them. I thought Idaho was flat bad. I thought they were one of the absolute worst teams in the Big Sky Conference, and they are not. They are a middle-of-the-road Big Sky Conference team. And There's just more bad teams than there have been in a yeah. while. You know, Coulter, when you watch this team play, though, guys like Jeff Cotton, who's an outstanding wide receiver for this football team and, and one of a group of wide receivers, and Mason Petrino, who you and I have – Look, at times we've laughed at because he is in stature and, frankly, in arm strength and skill, has no business playing Division One football. Yet in toughness, in being the son of a coach, in his mind for the game, and, frankly, his just desire and will to do it, when he plays well, he is an asset to this football team. He's obviously been prone to turnovers. We know that. Who knows who shows up on Saturday? The point is, Idaho has dudes. They have guys that can play football. And at times, they have put that together. Of course, they're going to be underdogs, but I thought this game would be more like a 10-point spread. I did not. I, I thought it could even be a, like an 8 or a 9. I was really surprised to hear that it was 17. Now, I know Montana at home and all of that, but uh, I, I didn't realize the number was going to be as big as it is on this thing. You think I'm crazy? I think there's a couple of matchups that favor Montana so seriously, and I think there's also the intangible element of this is the first time the Vandals have come to Missoula since 2003 Correct. as an FCS member, or Correct. just period, but as an FCS member especially, back in the big sky. It's going to be an environment unlike anything they have played in ever. Uh, in, in, I mean, look, I, show me a time when they were in the Sun Belt Conference that they would have had anything approaching what it's going to be on Saturday. Exactly. Never. Davis Alexander's way better than Mason Petrino. He's way more athletic. He's a way better runner. He's a way better thrower. And Montana brutalized him last week. I also think that the teams that have a defensive scheme where their corners are left out on an island and they don't really have anything that they can adjust to, those are teams that Montana's just going to feast on. It doesn't matter if Dalton Snead or Cam Humphrey is playing quarterback. Because if you tr- if you truly are stuck in man against Montana – you're giving up 40. You're probably giving up 50. I think that's exactly the situation. I mean, Idaho's built to stop the run. Montana, they've run the ball better this season, but they don't have to. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Their guys are going to win on the outside. And I think that Montana's going to have an insane amount of juice for Idaho. I, I think I would take this – I would take Montana three touchdowns in this game. I, I would take the spread all the way up to 21 points, I think. Well, it's, I mean, it's close. It's close, but I just I think that Montana's just going to kick their ass. I really do, and I think that it's going to be uh, it's going to be everything all the people in attendance is going to want it to be. Yeah, I, here's my thing. I, I agree with you. Here's the, here's the deal. Paul Petrino understands this rivalry, and there are some guys on the staff at Idaho who understand this rivalry. 
but not many of the players understand it. They started to get a picture of it when they hosted Montana last year and the Kibbe Dome had the biggest crowd it's had in a decade because it was Montana fans who showed up there as well as some Idaho fans who the fan base knows about the rivalry. But they weren't ready for Montana and they got absolutely overrun by Montana. Bobby Houck also knows about this rivalry, but you know what's more as important, uh, if not more important than that? The, the kids on this team, on the Montana team, they know about the Idaho rivalry. They haven't been out there in the Sun Belt being recruited out of Louisiana and Arkansas and wherever to then all of a sudden try and learn about a rivalry in real time. Now, understanding that Idaho was not in the Big Sky Conference, and so a lot of – I mean, when Jesse Sims comes to play for the University of Montana – Idaho's not even in the framework that he's thinking in, and he wasn't even alive when they, you know, whatever, when they were. But he knows about Idaho and the Idaho Vandals and what Idaho versus Montana is is just a state rivalry, period, end of story. And believe me, nobody is giving that history lesson better than Bobby Houck. Like, period. So I'm the, the thing I said I was surprised the number was this big, but I would take – I expect Montana to win this game – I think three scores is reasonable. I think they win this game by 21, maybe more. I just thought the number would be more like 10, which would have made me a lot more comfortable, frankly. I mean, 17 is a significant number if you think an Idaho team has talent. If you think the Idaho I, I do think they have talent. I just don't think they have – I think that Mesa Petrino can operate against certain teams. He's, he's, he's going to die against Montana. I mean, Montana – Right now, their defense is it's operating the way it's supposed to operate. They don't care if they give up a big play here or there because they're going to make so many big plays. They're just going to brutalize you, your quarterback. I mean, they're, they're going to hit him and hit him and hit him and hit him, and it doesn't matter how well they play in the first half because they're going to wear you out in the second half on both sides of the ball. I think that they're operating as a full team right now as well as anybody in the Big Sky Conference, even with their senior captain, Dalton Sneed, on the shelf. So I, I think that Montana's going to do whatever they want on Saturday. I think they're going to roll. Now, you've said two things here that I want to just clarify with you. First of all, you said it doesn't matter if Dalton Sneed or Cam Humphreys played, and that was in passing. You also said even with Dalton Sneed on the shelf, we don't know if he's we don't be. know. We don't right? know. So I would just my expect question him is, to be does, on the sh- it ma- does it matter? I to think- you, it doesn't seem like it does matter. When you're talking about running just like the RPO chuck it deep, Cam Humphrey might actually be better than Dalton Snead at that. And there was a couple touchdowns that, that Cam Humphrey threw that he – I'm not going to say he did it better than Snead. He just made it look easier. That's the style he – He's a great thrower of the football. He's a get-it-out-quick type of guy too, though. Like if you just have to pull the ball and throw it down the field, he's he's darn good. So yeah, does it matter? I, I mean, I think that they, Montana should save Snead for one more week so he's fully – I mean, I don't know if he's going to be fully healthy, but so he's more healthy against Weber State. Okay. Um, so you and I are both on the Grizzlies minus 17. The over under on this is 55 and a half. Uh, well, I know where I'm going. I'm taking the over on the total there. Coulter, where, where are you at here? I got the over. What do you, what do you get, give me an estimate. Like, what do you think the final score of this game is going to be? I don't know. How many possessions is Montana going to get? 12. I mean, Montana won this game 48, 27 last year, even with Idaho outgaining Montana. And that was on the road in Moscow. I don't know, man. It just depends on how Idaho takes care of the ball or if Montana can capitalize on turnovers, but I could see it getting totally ugly. It's just so hard because the elements could play into it. Like, Montana soundly beat Eastern Washington a couple weeks ago, and it turned out to only be a 20-point victory, even though it was a sound and thorough victory, especially in the second half. I mean, 45-17? 52-21, I mean, I think that Montana's going to win by four-plus scores. Saturday, 49 degrees is the high, partly sunny. Mm. Uh, one o'clock kickoff, 10% chance of precipitation, so not really much of anything ex- expected. I don't know what the wind is supposed to look like on Saturday, but if it's like that, that's, you know, let's put it like this. Weather shouldn't really be a factor in this game, as you're thinking. Idaho's got to run the ball to operate on offense, period. The, all their stuff in, on third downs is Mesa Petrino running play action and rolling out. If their play action is not working because they're not running the ball well, they're going to get destroyed. It's just, it's a terrible matchup for Idaho. This is not only is it a rivalry game on the road in a hostile environment, it's the worst matchup in the league for the Vandals on both sides of the ball. We're happy to welcome Randy Reinhardt from the Pantograph. He covers Illinois State. Again, Illinois State 
playing South Dakota State, Illinois State, even though they're number 11 team in the nation, a significant underdog, 17.5 points this game on ESPN+. Plus. Here's four questions for Randy Reinhardt. Well, the Redbirds are 6-3 uh, and three at, at this point. Uh, I think the thing that stands out more than anything at this point, they've had two really big home games against fellow nationally ranked teams and really didn't play well in, in either one of them. Uh, about four weeks ago, they had North Dakota State uh, come in here to Hancock Stadium, and the Bison handled them uh, pretty well. I believe that was 37-3. to And just this last week, they played Northern Iowa, which uh, Illinois State was ranked 7th, and Northern Iowa was 11, and Northern Iowa won that one 27 to 10. So uh, the Redbirds are six and three. They still have a, a, a good shot at the playoffs if they can get to eight wins. And but they they really need a, a win against a quality team, and they they certainly have that uh, that opportunity against uh, against South Dakota State. Well, the only state coach uh, uh, Brock Spack is a, a former All Big Ten Conference linebacker uh, at Purdue. So, as you might expect from that background, he uh, he values defense. He values uh, physical play. Um, they have a, a really solid uh, run defense. Uh, the pass defense has also been good. Um, he, uh, he he would rather run the ball than pass the ball, but he he certainly you know will pass when it when he needs to. Uh, James Robinson is the uh, All American tailback. He's uh, he's close to a thousand yards on the season. He's a uh, Walter Payton Award uh, uh, nominee, so they they like to play physical. They uh, pride themselves on on being a physical team, like uh, like most of the really good teams in the Missouri Valley Conference. Well, I think it's it's going to be a, a very good matchup, uh, especially when South Dakota State has the ball. Uh, the Jackrabbits have a really strong running game uh, behind Pierre Strong. And that, that's that been Illinois State's uh, strong point, too, is, is the uh, defense against the run. Um, Illinois State has, uh, has a couple of uh, big guys in the middle of the line, 330-pound uh, uh, 6'6". Uh, John Ridgeway is the nose guard. He's a, he's a tough guy to move. He takes up a lot of space. Uh, Jason Lawan is, is about 290. He also plays in the middle. So, so uh, the Redbirds have, have been tough against the run, especially the, the power running teams who, who try to uh, try to run it right up the middle. So I think that that's going to be the, the big matchup there as far as strength against strength. Uh, when Illinois State has the ball, uh, the Redbirds have, quite frankly, struggled offensively the, the last few games. Um, quarterback Brady Davis has, he passed for 419 yards earlier this season against Northern Arizona, but he hasn't hit 200 yards in any other game all season. Um, the Redbirds lost their top two, uh, receivers early in the season. And I think that's, that's really hurt their offense. So the passing game has struggled. They still have James Robinson, but the passing game has not been good lately. So South Dakota State's uh, defense would certainly, uh, appear to have the edge there. Well, we're we're headed to uh, Brookings, South Dakota, for this one in the middle of November. But uh, the last weather forecast I saw was was for uh, 42 to 44 degrees for a high, with uh, a slight chance of uh, precipitation. So, South Dakota in mid-November that's uh, that's almost balmy. So, if if that forecast holds up, I, it doesn't sound like the weather will will play much of a factor. Um, I know South Dakota State recently uh, lost their quarterback, uh, Jabori Gibbs, to a, uh, a season-ending injury, but they uh, they uh, appeared to cover for him quite well last week in, in their win, so that may not hurt them too much either. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, Illinois State has, has a couple of uh, receivers out, but uh, they also did not have uh, one of the key defenders, uh, uh, Tuvon Clark, was out with a, a shoulder injury last week, and he will be back this week. So that that should help the uh, Illinois State defense a little bit there. Well, uh, South Dakota State uh, is a solid favorite, and they should be a solid favorite. Uh, the Jackrabbits certainly have all the indications of being solidly the better team at this point. But 17 and a half is is a lot of points. So if if I'm going to uh, take a side there, I will take uh, Illinois State in the points. Uh, our uh, newspaper, the uh, uh, Bloomington, Illinois Pantograph, is uh, pantograph.com, P-A-N-T-A-G-R-A-P-H.com. And I can be uh, seen on Twitter at PG uh, underscore Reinhardt.
Our thanks to Randy Reinhardt of the Pantograph for telling us about Illinois State versus South Dakota State. Uh, sadly, Coulter has come down with a mm, not great situation. He was not feeling well when he came in. He's feeling worse now, so he has booked it back to the house. So I will finish up with you on this episode of FCS Speculators. Anyways, he doesn't know anything about this stuff at the FCS, at the, at the national level anyway. So, you know, get him out of here. Uh, anyway, uh, we do have David here. He will uh, walk us through the FBS games. As you heard, though, Illinois State, South Dakota State, South Dakota State minus 17.5 without their starting quarterback. Still a big-time home favorite over Illinois State. Randy picked Illinois State. Uh, I'm going the other way. Illinois State, even though they're you know highly ranked team, number 11 in the nation, they really haven't beat anybody, and they haven't really been close in a lot of the games they have lost. I got South Dakota State, who I think is still really, really good winning this game big. I'll take the South Dakota State Jackrabbits and lay the points that game on ESPN Plus on Saturday. The Ivy League top 13 matchup, Princeton at Dartmouth. Dartmouth a, thir- a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. I love home teams in games like this. I will take Dartmouth in a conference-slash-rivalry game to cover the three-and-a-half. By the way, this game on ESPNU on Saturday, big-time exposure for the Ivy League. Excellent. There, you can check that out. And then finally, New Hampshire at James Madison. James Madison, the number two team in the nation. New Hampshire is in the rankings now at number 23. Mm, Give me James Madison. They're a 17.5-point favorite. They're the number two team in the nation. They are the next best team in the country after NDSU, clearly, and have been for a little while. James Madison, 7-1-1 one, one against the number this season. They keep it going. I got them winning by 22. Exactly. You can mark it. All right, David, let's take a look at the FBS. We go rapid fire. It was supposed to be 1-2. versus two, Then the new rankings came out, and now it's 2-3. versus three. Who cares? I love it. Uh, LSU-Alabama, what do we got? All right, we'll start with that game. LSU is a six-point underdog. This game in Tuscaloosa, everybody's expecting Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. No, Tua. How about Tua? It's just Tua. Tua to be back. Uh, Alabama, I think for the first time, not being number one, in fact being number three, being a favorite in this game but ranked behind LSU. They come in with a ton of uh, a ton to prove. LSU losing their leading sacker on the season due to personal reasons. He may be back for the team at some point, but he's not going to be back this season. But I love me some Joe Burrow. You kidding me? I love the LSU Tigers. I think they finally get a chance. Not finally. They've already played probably the hardest schedule in the country. They are unscathed. They are a great football team. And I think they're going to win this game straight up. But if you're going to give me points, I'll take them. So six points. I will. Uh, I'll take the points and go happily to uh, to the bookmakers on that. All right, sounds good. Now for our next game, let's jump ahead in the week. Washington travels to Corvallis to take on Oregon State. Washington's a ten point favorite. It's this is Friday night, Pac twelve after dark. Huskies, a 10-point favorite. Listen, the only way they don't cover that is if they have completely checked out because they've lost close games to Oregon and Utah in recent weeks and now are not playing for anything like what they thought they were going to be playing for, Pac-12 championship potential uh, uh, look at a, at, a, at a playoff or at least New Year's Six Bowl. They just aren't as good as the other teams at the top of the Pac-12, who are, by the way, those two teams. But... Oregon State is not very good, and Washington is far better. As long as they take Oregon State seriously, they will win easily by more than 10. I lay that, I lay that number on Friday night. Wow. Ryan, love it. Ballsy. Ballsy. Uh, finally, we'll go to some state neighbors here in Montana. Everybody in Montana's two favorite FBS teams. Boise State hosts the University of Wyoming. And they are 13-point favorites. You know, I love Craig Bull. I love the Pokes. I love the Cowboys of Wyoming and how they do it. Boise State, what are they? They're like 20th in the country right now, 21st, something like that. Something like that. So they're a 13-point home favorite. Here's what I got for you. Low-scoring game. Low-scoring game favors a lower number. Give me the Coyotes. The Coyotes. Give me the Cowboys to cover. Coyotes. Give Give me the Cowboys to cover. Uh, and lose by 12 at Boise State on the field of blue. 
All right, Boise State is ranked 21. I wish Coulter were here because I was going to rub it in. That I'm wearing my Poinsettia Bowl sweatshirt again. It is a Wyoming, dashing, dazzling piece. Wyoming is bowl eligible, baby. Yep. Bowl eligible first, I guess, second weekend of November. We're going to go to a bowl game. Going to be there. Don't care where it is. That is a very fetching number that you have on there. I like that very, very much. Thank you, Ryan. That that means a lot. FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. On uh, the social medias, at 1029 ESPN, at Gus Tutel, at Coulter underscore Nuanez. You want him to go holler at you, David? I'm at Mr. David Graff. You going to take that picture of your tongue off of there? No, because, I mean, my tongue out, that's my specialty. That's how people know. They question if I'm okay when I post a picture that my tongue isn't out. You will double your followers if you post a different picture, not of yourself, just any picture. Oh, I was thinking of changing it to an old school picture of Nick Saban. Great. Yeah, so Nick Saban when he's with, uh, I don't know, the Dolphins. Oh, I, I screwed up last week. We should have wished uh, Tricky Nicky a happy birthday. We share the same birthday. You do? Yeah, both On Halloween. Halloween. Let me tell you something. There's, there's no happy anything. It's just a birthday. It's always business for Sabes. He probably had an extra little Debbie or something. I bet he didn't. I bet he had one. No. I'll bet he is on such like a wretched. It was clock. a bye week. It was a bye week that he had to indulge. He smoked a cigar. He threw his fishing line into his lake in the back of his house, and that was what he did. He thought about how he is only the third best team in the country, if that. That's true. If they were number one, you ready for this? You ready for this bold prediction? Alabama's not going to the playoff. Wow. What do you think about that? That's ballsy. I don't think that there's a world that exists where they don't make the playoffs. First of all, if they lose on Saturday, which I think they will, they're not going. Second of all, if they lose in the SEC championship game to Georgia, which they very well could, they're not going. I don't think they're going. I don't think Georgia's very good. Ooh. Look at you. That's my personal opinion, though. This has been a lot of fun. Should go back to my radio show now. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, David. And thank all of you for listening. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.